Quit playing games with my heart. Quit playing games with my heart. Quit playing games with my heart. I should have known from the start. I should have known from the Something, something, something. Don't know the lyrics. Don't care. Quit playing games with my heart. God, that was a good era. Oh my God. Bring back the boy band. Have you watched that documentary? Documentary on Netflix about this? No. Oh, it's amazing. It's okay. I can't just throw that out there and not say the name. We've learnt. We've learnt. You can't do that to the DLs. Um, Essentially, it looks at '90s music and how the songs were made and where they recorded them, and it starts with the rise of Boys to Men. Do you remember? Oh, I remember. Boys to Men were my sexual awakening. Correctamundo. I was like, you'll make what to me until the when comes. Up. <laughs> I was like eight in the back of the car, like, what's happening? <laughs> My numero uno boys to men song is always I'll make love to no, you. No, no. Like you want me to. And no. I won't let it grow. <laughs> I I love how I said it was my favourite song and now I can't think of it. Anyway, (laughs) it follows the rise of boys to men and then how they get usurped by NSYNC Uh, and Backstreet Boys. The white guys. Yes. Mm. And it's really interesting as well how the record labels kind of dropped them and they're quite bitter about it. I bet. And they talked about how it's interesting how you said they were your sexual awakening. Yeah. But no one had posters of them on their walls. Mm. Everyone had the posters of the NSYNC boys and Backstreet Boys on their walls. Who was your Backstreet Boy? Nick Carter, because I'm a basic bitch. Yeah. I had a soft spot for Brian at one stage. Because, you know, he's the one who can actually really sing. He's the one who brings the vocals. Of course, the drama geek in you came out and I was exactly the same. Hang Kevin on. was always like the weird, mysterious, no. older guy no, 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 and no, I was no. like, Kevin you. was a creepy virgin. He's like Isaac Hansen. There was a track at the end of one of the albums that was like, hey, ladies, I'm Brian and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, Kevin was like, hey, ladies, I'm Kevin. I'm saving myself for that special someone. And I think even as a 10, 11 year old, I was like, oh, come on, Kevin. <laughs> Get amongst it. I mean, like shop around. <laughs> Try before you buy. You know what? With these bands, though, it's the collective, isn't it? There's always one, like Harry Styles. Or like Justin Timberlake of yeah. NSYNC. But really, it's just, you want the whole set. You do. Collect them all. Oh, I need to remember the name of this doco. I can't even Google it because I'm Googling music docos and like everything's coming up, like Taylor Swift's Miss Americana oh. and the Amy doco. Like it's just, ah, I need to. Isn't it Boys to Men Boy Band doco? No, because that's one episode. It looks oh. at all music. And what I found particularly interesting is it dives into the secret source of Sweden and how yeah. they produce and export the best producers There's in the like world. There's like a guy though. Yes. There's a guy. He's written every song ever. I'm going to Google that. Max Martin. Yes. That's the one, baby. The songs he's written. Here we go. I want it that way. I want it that way. Tell me why. Can I tell you a really fun anecdote about this song? Okay, so I was in the grocery store, oh God, a year ago, and that song was playing and I was looking at whatever and there was like a dad a meter down for me with his basket and we're both around the same age and that bit came on. Don't want to hear your key change say nothing but a heartbreak. 
and he's like humming one part and I'm humming the other oh part. And we had this little communion where we're like, <laughs> you guys are so adorable. We were definitely both at schoolies in 2003. <laughs> I feel like Backstreet Boys is like the ultimate unifier for our generation. Absolutely. And fun fact about that song in particular, in the doco, they talk about how I want it that way. What does that even mean? What yeah. way? What way? What way? Tell me why I never want to hear you say, I want it that way. Why wouldn't you want to hear them say that I want it that way? What way? Like a sex thing? So in the doco, they talk about how... Are we really trying to work out the hidden meaning? No, but they talk about how it's because of the Swedish language barrier. I get it. That the Swedes were the ones who were writing the lyrics. And it was bands like Ace of Bass who showed that really simple lyrics on rep make for a fantastic pop song and that it actually doesn't matter what the lyrics are. It's all about the melody. True musicians just dying at this. Well, they talk about (laughs) Hit Me Baby One More Time. What What? does that mean? (laughs) Britney comes into it. It's such a great docker. I promise I will find out the name and add it in the show notes. I'm sorry I'm not a journalist and I'm not well researched or prepped before we record. As if you'll be prepped by Tuesday. Like you just won't. I think this is thing we do now where we're like, we'll add it to the show notes. And then people are like, hey, (laughs) you said you'd be like, oh yeah. (laughs) Dear listeners, we have a mutual friend who we did a bunch of shows with. His name is Baron Schwert. He has a very fun party trick where he sings a song as if it's been translated into a Euro language and then back into English. (laughs) And it's very funny. My favourite was... I know, I know. My smoothie brings all the fellas to the ground and they're like, it's superior to yours. Exactly. It's superior to yours. I can teach you, but you'd have to pay me money. (laughs) (laughs) But he does it with a thick German accent. It's like, my smoothie brings all the fellas to the grounds and they're like, it's It's superior superior to yours. yours. Exactly. (laughs) Like, instead of damn right, he's like, exactly. (laughs) God, I miss Baron. I miss Baron too. He was such good value. Once again... We I need love... to start the podcast, by the way. Exactly. I was just about to say, we had no plans or intentions to talk about 90s pop tunes. No. And yet here we are. We're a bag of surprises, Revs. Oh, I remember the Boys to Men song. Ready, ready, ready? Yes, I'm ready. All my life, I pray for someone like you. And I thank God that I... That I finally found you. The thing is, they had the most luscious, dulcet, four-way oh, harmony. It's that orgasmic. Only African American men can pull off, and like little eight-year-old us, or even thirty-five-year-old us, <laughs> just, can't just can't even can't get near it. We are butchering it big time. Wet anyway, dreams. Should we get to the potty? Yes. We have a thousand things to do, but we'd rather chat to you. With emails and meetings and husbands and kids, we don't have time for this. Just what you need to basic bitches with a podcast. Hello and welcome to We Don't Have Time For This. I'm your host, Gemma Pranita, a.k.a. Gemma Peanut, on the gram, along with my co-host, Revzy, a.k.a. Kate, a.k.a. Kate Revs on the gram, and, um... Here I am. <laughs> Why, hello. Hi, hi, hi. Look at us getting it up for the potty. Yeah. We're in lockdown. Remote record 2.0. Side note. Yeah. What's going on with your hair? Oh, look. I've got... How much time do we have? Well, let's unpack it. I'm growing it out. 
I can gather because my hairdresser said we're growing it out and I just do what Maria tells me. She's like, I think the bob's a little mumsy for you. And if I hear that M word, I run a mile. I tend to agree. Yeah. And this is the thing. It's because I know your mum. Yeah, I look like my mum. Yeah. Yeah, and she's chic as hell. She she, is. But she's in her mid-60s and can pull off the blonde bob. Me? No. So I think it looks great when it's really blunt, really short, edgy. And done. And done. But who the fuck am I kidding? I can't keep it up. So I'm going for a lob. Yeah, I think a lob would suit you. Yeah, had it many times. This time it's going to be platinum. Look, I'm always changing it up. Still in desperate search of an identity. Anyway, it looks real shit right now. (laughs) It's not that it looks shit. I was just like, this is not like Revs. She's looking a bit undone. Yeah. Well, maybe it's the real me coming back. (laughs) I've been done for like a year now. I've missed her. Welcome back, (laughs) Sloppy Joanne. Oh, lockdown will do that to you. Yeah. First up, you have school-aged children. Yep. So the announcement of homeschooling. Yep. Must have been the biggest burn of the week. Such a kick to the mum guts, you know? I'm just... It's just a malaise now. Like, Mm. you can't complain. Someone's always got it worse. Blah, blah, blah. Melbourne did it hardcore for much longer. All that. But just, you know... I'm just bitter. I'm just bitter about it. Yeah, but I think your bitterness is justified because you did flee lockdown Scotland. Yes, For the land of the free. Exactly. Home of the brave. (laughs) (laughs) Not really. Home of the lackadaisical, apathetic, ah, vaccine stroll out. (laughs) I just feel like every time there's a new version of this lockdown stuff, it it should get easier. And in some ways it does in that you know how you're going to get through it. But I feel like it's harder. No, I get it. Emotionally. Yeah. We have COVID fatigue now Mm. where it's been going on for a year and a half. What was that meme you were telling me about? I'll actually whack this up on our socials. I saw it when I was in hotel quarantine, so only about five months into the pandemic. And it's so hard to explain because it's so visual, but it's like, time traveller, what year is this? Me, 2020, time traveller. Oh, the first year of lockdown. Me, what? (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It is so true. Heading into like clocking up two years. Yep. It's a crazy, crazy time in the world when we will never forget. No. I, for me, it's the planning. Yeah. The inability to plan. And you yeah. know me. Mm-hmm. I'm a, what are my six month plans? My 12 month, yeah. my three year, my five year. 100p. And I'm finding that the biggest struggle in terms of my work because I have a team. I'm working on new projects. I have a contracted videographer and photographer and planning some events. And I'm just riddled with anxiety over it because I'm like, if that goes ahead. And then you kind of have to come up with contingency plans, but contingency plans don't make sense either because yeah. you know double like, handling all your workload I find the same but I'm finding that personally this time I feel like work people are getting a quicker access to oh well what can you do move on you know like clients and things aren't demanding so much of you because everyone understands it is what it is I just find that emotionally not being on a plan mm. I'm finding that really fatiguing like I'm a bit like oh well I guess this comes to my what I don't have time for what don't you have time for today Revzy my fucking birthday oh I have time for your birthday. (sighs) Look, it's all rolled into this lockdown thing, right? Like, I'm turning 36 on Thursday. 36? Yeah, 36. Late 30s. Hey, you can't flip it in reverse. Do what I want. (laughs) Put your thing down, flip it and reverse it on me. Okay, you're mid-30s till you're 38, and then the second you turn 39, you're late 30s. And then you're 40. I'll even cop 38, but 36 is not late 30. (laughs) No, it's definitely in the mid-range. Yeah, mid-range. Anyway, I'm turning 36 on Thursday. As you know, 
I love other people's birthdays. You sure do. Sick for it. Gifts are my love language. Said this many times. Receiving, yes, but giving, big time. I love gifting. I like surprising. I like celebrating. I like to mark the smallest of occasions. So I love a birthday. I'm always a bit weird about my own birthday. Why? Well, because no one can ever be me to me. (laughs) You know? Like, it's almost only going to be disappointing. Oh, my god! That is so bratty, but it's true, right? I feel like birthdays are a lot of pressure. Pressure to have a good time, pressure to do the right thing, pressure to let the people who love you feel like they've spoiled you well. If I'm honest, it's because I'm a control freak. Love to spoil and make a fuss of other people, but if I'm not doing it to myself, it's a whole type A mindfuck. Okay, I'm just jumping in because I'm telling you this right now. On Thursday, I'm going to scoop you up. And we are going to go for a nature walk. Great. A big one together. I know we can't sit down. I can't take you out for breakfast or lunch and have a long girls catch up. Yeah. But we'll go out for a really nice hour of power of chit chat. Can I bring a skim flat wine? Absolutely. This is an invention. Skim flat wine. It's a lockdown must have. You take your keep cup, regular old keep cup. Preferably not a see-through one. Don't be messing around with glass. Don't be a fool, guys. And take your wine. Glug it to the top, stick your lid on, go for your walk. Looks like you're just having a coffee. No one knows you got a buzz on. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to me. All right, we'll get a skim flat wine for me and an actual coffee for you. <laughs> Does a weak mocha count as a coffee? You can have your chocolate milk. I will have my skim flat wine and we'll do a nature walk hour of power. My favorite birthday of all time. I don't know if you remember this, but it was like one of those stars aligned. I was super pregnant with Isla. Oh, I remember. You were back in town. Mm-hmm. The good mum was off, and so was our other bestie, Liv. It was like this stars aligned some random Tuesday. Everyone was off work. We went for yum cha. Yes. And then you guys helped me buy maternity bras because my boobs had gone nuts with the pregnancy. You put my shoes on for me because I was that pregnant. I couldn't do my shoes. (laughs) This is the funny thing with you and your birthday being right in the middle of July. Yes. Always freezing cold. And I remember you were wearing the most unpractical boots for a pregnant person. And I was like... Why would you do this to yourself? You are sardining your feet into these leather boots. I know. And yeah, they had a kitten heel, not a proper heel, but a heel nonetheless. I know. Rookie first time pregnant person. Well, July birthdays suck a little bit. Why? Because I'm going to challenge you on this. I know. It's nowhere near Christmas. The worst birthday, but we'll get into that. It's nowhere near Christmas or any of those things, but it's also not a time when people are up for doing stuff. Everyone's cold. Like I'm literally the Ides of July. Smack bang in the middle, 15th of July. No one wants to do anything. I disagree. I'm jumping in here. I'm sorry. Okay. Everyone just wants to stay home under the blanket. No freaking way. Winter hits 1st of June. By the time we get to your birthday, we've endured six and a half, seven weeks of winter. (laughs) UK American listeners just guffawing at that. (laughs) Six weeks of winter. Imagine. (laughs) But my point is up until your birthday, the Ides of July, as you mentioned, by that point, we are up for something because no one is social. No. Everyone's gone into their little hobbit holes, yep. hibernating away, and everyone by mid-July is like, all right, I'm ready for this winter to be over. No, nah, that pre- doesn't hit till August. Disagree. Doesn't hit till August. You know what? I am so keen for <laughs> something right I now. I know, I know. I don't know if that's the lockdown talking oh. or the time of your birthday, but I'm like, oh, what I would give I know. for a lunch with some friends right now. Yeah, totally. A long lunch. Get some sashimi in our faces. Oh. Wouldn't that be good? Have some giggles. Yeah. The perfect thing to do for a July birthday is a weekend away. 
I agree. Because to the Blue Mountains or somewhere something. Somewhere cozy yeah. with the red Open wine. Open fire. Open fire. Just like the road trip. Leave the kids at home. Yeah. <laughs> That's the perfect July birthday activity. Here's a question. Yeah. Now, I know we're working to Australian seasons mm-hmm. here. And we'll stick with that because that's what we know. That's who we are. (laughs) If you could choose your birth month, Mm -hmm. seeing as you've been shitting on July, what would be your perfect birth month? September. Talk it up. Why? Spring has sprung. Everyone's feeling the vibes. Everyone's gearing up for that silly season, but no one's fatigued with it yet. No one's spent all their money on all their Christmas shit. Every year it takes you by surprise. You're like, oh, it's spring. Oh, it's so gorgeous. How's the weather? Like, it's just a vibey time of year. Fun fact. Yes. The highest birth month in Australia is September. So working back, when are people banging? Christmas and New Year's, baby. Yes. My Isla's October, Mm -hmm. and that was a January bang. (laughs) (laughs) An old Jan bang. Love it. Love it. Well, I think September is just the perfect birthday. What do you reckon? You notoriously hate your Christmas time birthday. Loathe my birthday. I've been very open about this. Uh, If you have given birth to a December or early Jan baby... Make them feel extra special. So let me just give you all the reasons why I hate my birthday. Number one, I'm born six days before Christmas. December is the busiest and most expensive month for everyone. Work Christmas parties, family get-togethers, lots of gift giving, shops are heaving, budgets are tight, all of that. Second reason why I hate it, it falls in the school holidays. So during school... I could never celebrate my birthday on my birthday because my friends were either away for Christmas or 12 years of your life. Completely tied down (laughs) to family commitments. That does roll on now as well. People could go away and. Yeah. yeah. And I always felt like a burden financially. I will say though, I think the rawer end of the stick is being born between Christmas and New Year's. Yeah. Because what is that week? Yeah. The forgotten week. It's that weird limbo period where people are sluggish from celebrating Christmas. Everyone's got Christmas celebration fatigue. People are over it. And then everyone's trying to gear themselves up for New Year's. Yeah, it's a vortex. New Year's is also a bit overrated. I think those are the forgotten days. I love that week. I do too, but I would... It's like my favourite week of the year. I don't think I would like to be born in that week. The only pro as a parent is Boxing Day sales. Sure. So I feel like if your child is born in the days or weeks after Christmas, they should get extra gifts because you're buying everything on sale. Technically, you could buy all your gifts for any birthday on the Boxing Day sales and put them in the cupboard. Who's that organised? Yeah, I know, not me. Who am I kidding? (laughs) Um, You're not a good mum. No, God, no. Far from it. So what do you think is the perfect birthday then? Because you could flip it on September and say April. April is like undeniably the most beautiful month in Sydney. My Rafa's born in April. Mm -hmm. I was quite stoked for her because I have to agree that I think April is a great month because I feel like you've had the hit of Christmas and New Year's and by April you're kind of ready. You're in the rhythm of the year. However, Easter is in April. That is a celebratory month. Now, if you want to spread things out over the year... I have to agree with you that I think September is the best time because there is no. But what about St. Patrick's Day, Gem? <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be rolled in with that. 
Also, you're on the 19th of December. Yeah. In our friendship group, though, we've also got someone on the 22nd. Mm-hmm. We've also got someone on New Year's Eve on the 31st. Yep. Then we have early Jan for the good mum. Yep. Like, it's such an intense time. Yeah. The last few years, we've kind of rolled it all in and gone, should we just celebrate everyone in one big blowout? But I have to say, I do love it when we do that. I like it too. It works well. So what are your thoughts on gift giving as adults? Now that everyone's got kids, yes. right? We have an interesting dynamic dynamic now in our family with Christmas last year, where on my husband's side of the family, we actively made the decision to stop giving gifts to each other, mm-hmm. the adults, and more focus on gift giving for the kids yep. to make Christmas magical for them. Mm-hmm. So that was an, a conversation that we had. And also everyone's in the stage of life where there's a lot of life expenses with raising a family, like mortgages or saving up to buy a first home, yep. prepping for school, just yep. Paying for daycare fees, all that stuff that we all held hands and had a very respectful conversation like, yeah, let's just pair that back. Yeah. Even to a point where we set a budget for the gifts for each of the kids. Nice. It works really well. But what about adult friends' birthdays? So we've dialed that back, haven't we, in Definitely. the last few years? I think everyone's, we never said it, but I think everyone kind of held hands and was like, look, we've all done our weddings. We've all done our baby showers. Now we've all got kids. Let's spend it on time together. And the meal. And the meal. And the drinks. And the birthday girl never pays. Yeah, which is awkward when we do roll it all in together because it's like, I'll get this for you five birthday bitches. <laughs> but I will say, though, there's one person in our friendship group who's still a sneaky gift giver. Yeah, she's such a good gift giver. Oh, and I feel Liv, like... Liv, we're talking about you. Yeah, we are talking about you, Livels. She is so thoughtful yeah. and she brings me to shame. Yeah. Because I'm like, fuck, you really do think about everyone I know, all the time. She does. I mean, I'll always give you a birthday present, but I love that. I, I feel the same in I reverse. Just, I just couldn't not. I yeah. just would feel, I, I want to. It's my love language. Let me love on you. <laughs> <laughs> but I never expect it. No, I know. No, I never expect it either. I expect a good gift from who? From my parents? just listen to yourself can I just say this sentence back to you I expect a good gift from my parents I do (laughs) and my children will always get a lovely gift from me on their birthdays even though let's be real they should be giving me a gift on their birthday because I push them out my vagina Fair call. And I should be celebrated on their birthdays as well. Bring me the gifts. Okay, so your name is Veruca Saltz now? <laughs> no, I'm shit talking. I'm I actually don't expect anything from anyone. Dear My- listeners, that is not true. <laughs> I'm just here to fact check Revs. She loves a fucking gift. But I like to gift as well. But you give to receive. I don't. <laughs> I genuinely... Do you really think that? No. I genuinely don't. I love the whole gifting process. What I was going to say about Christmas is if you want to dial back the spending, and I agree, when your family is ever growing and huge and sprawling, it's too much to buy a gift for every mm. adult. It's just too much. I love the secret Santa. Same. Where you just get one person in the family and you set a budget and then you get to have that thoughtful what would they really like thing. Everyone goes home with something. It feels like Christmas, but you don't have to blow out the bank. I'm such a fan of that. And in the last few years, I've been a huge fan of bitch Santa. What's bitch Santa? I think it's also called bad Santa or naughty Santa or whatever. It's basically like, so I would pull your name out of the hat. So I'm like, cool, I buy a gift for Jim. And I come along to Christmas Day, I give it to you. Everyone opens the gifts one at a time in front of each other and you can steal. Oh, yeah. We call it something different. Yeah. 
um, I don't know what we call it. It escapes me. <laughs> Guys, I'm doing really well on the potty I'll today. I make love to you <laughs> like you want me to. <laughs> Let's just sing on the potty to cover the fact that my brain has farted and has left the building. Brain fog up in here. I've got nothing going on today. I'm what firing on zero cylinders. <laughs> Literally last week, I posted about the podcast on a Wednesday and yep. I was like it's Tuesday yep. you know the drill and yep. everyone's like no Jim it's Wednesday and I was like I'm in I lockdown. I can beat you on that. On what? Teddy's birthday I put up a post and I was like oh happy birthday beautiful Teddy three and fabulous left it up there for hours and then got all these DMs from DLs being like uh, isn't he four? <laughs> and I was like oh, oh shit. shit. <laughs> four and fabulous. <laughs> Even better alliteration. Yeah I was gonna say. <laughs> Anyway, where were we? Oh, my birthday. Anyway, I don't want to turn 36. I don't want to turn 36 in lockdown. And I've just got malaise. Can we just let it go by? Can I just be 35 for another year? And then I'll happily turn 37 the following year. I'm just sitting here laughing because you're like, ah, my birthday. And I'm like, dude, my birthday has been sliding on by under the radar. I don't make a song and dance about it no. at all for the last five years. Yeah, I know. Wait, like, does anyone actually care about anyone's birthday? I guess Not is the conversation. Not when we're at this stage of life. <laughs> So I love that we just had a whole redundant chat (laughs) to conclude that we don't give a shit. But we filled 20 minutes. I tell you what, though, I have big expectations for turning 40. Oh, me too. Huge. Same. COVID, you better be gone. Oh, my God. (laughs) Why would you even posit that? Are you for real? Well, I don't know. (gasps) What about your meme? Oh, that was the first year of lockdown. Oh, my God. No, we've got three years, surely. Life will be back to normal by then. Look, one can only hope. Mm. But I thought I'd be in Thailand by this year Mm. in 2021. So who the hell knows? My expectations are well and truly trampled. What do you see for yourself at your 40th? So how old would your kids be? So six and five. Yep. Perfect age to be like, have a sleepover with the grandparents. Yep. Okay, this is a great question because I actually haven't really thought about it that much. A part of me is like, oh, I just want a girl's trip. Yeah. But my hubby would be a bit sad because he would want to celebrate with me. And I think we'll have come back to that by then. (laughs) (laughs) We should be out of the weeds of like, I hate you. I want to spend time with my girlfriends. (laughs) It doesn't matter where it is, what it looks like. It's who it's with. Totally. And I want good music. I'm thinking 90s bangers. Fuck yeah. I I might even make it themed 90s. Like bring back the plaid shirts tied around your waist with the baggy jeans and the crop top. And the hair strands. Yes, the slut strands. And the choker. Yes. And everyone dressed in their 90s get up. Oh, my God. Look, for me, a big part of the joy of 90s dress up is that I can go comfort wear. Wait, what? Yeah. Wait, this is where you're going? Yeah. Your big 40th blowout party, you want to be comfortable. Dude, I want to be... I'm we- so disappointed in you. <laughs> I want to wear my platform comfy as fuck bubble shoes and be able to dance yep. the night away mm-hmm. without wearing some sort of lame ass stiletto heels. Well, I'm wearing FMBs in my hound dog boob tube fuck and you yeah, can't you stop me. <laughs> I know. I want a party with music and really good booze. Yep. All the vibes. Big blowout. And look, I'm honest about this. I really want to celebrate me. Yeah. <laughs> because... I did nothing for my 30th. We talked about this in the potty many, many years ago. But I got married just before I turned 30. Yeah. And that year, 2015, was the year all of our friends got married. Except, except you, because you... <laughs> 
did everything prematurely before everyone else. <laughs> Hello, trailblazer. So by the time it got to my birthday, all of our friends had attended a million weddings that yeah. year. And on top of that, people's 30th. Yeah. So I was like, I, don't, I just don't need to do anything. I yeah. was fatigued. I didn't want to put it on anyone yeah. to have to show up to my 30th, especially that close to Christmas. But I actually ended up celebrating my 30th at a friend's wedding. Oh, I love that. Yeah, Binx's wedding was oh, on my birthday. Fun. And I remember thinking, oh, this is great because I didn't want to do anything. Yes. But I'll be at a party. That is the ultimate thing to do on your birthday, go to someone's wedding. It's a win-win. Yes. You get a free meal. <laughs> you get live music. Not everyone's like looking at you like, have you had a good day? I know. And bless <laughs> Bianca. She had a sit-down wedding. So we all had our spots. And at my spot, there was a gift Aww. wrap. She bought a bottle of perfume and and wrapped it up and so sweet. I felt really so she made me feel special and acknowledged that it was my birthday at her wedding but that was it like they were still all the focus of the, all the attention yeah and I got to dance the night away yeah amazing and eat like amazing food because you know Binks yeah that food was five star there were two people who had birthdays at my wedding my friend Syl and my sister-in-law my God, really? Yeah, and she can never get over. I was walking down the aisle and I was like, happy birthday. (laughs) (laughs) At the time I was like, oh, it kind of sucks that I've put my wedding on her birthday. But actually, it's a great thing to do on your birthday. It's the best. Celebrate. Celebrate good times. Come on. Cue the ad break. Oh, I was like, why aren't we done? (laughs) No, I just thought this might be a good time to cut to an ad if there's an ad in this episode. Chuck it in. Okay, so Revzy. Yes, darling. Bit of a gear shift. Yes. Do you know what I don't have time for? I do. But tell us, what don't you have time for, my love? (sighs) I don't have time to pursue acting anymore. Oh, sweetie. So big, big news for me, probably won't be a big deal for anyone else, but for me it felt enormous, but I have officially hung my acting hat for the moment. (laughs) I have to say that last little bit at the end and tack it on because it's a really hard thing to acknowledge Mm. when you've poured your heart and soul into a career that it's time to maybe step away from that. A lot of dear listeners don't know this, but I have been auditioning continuously for the last, well, when I decided I was ready after having Iggy when he was about three or four months old. I spoke to my agent and I said, all right, throw me all the auditions. And I just reached a point and my, even my agent noticed where there wasn't space. Yeah. There wasn't space in my schedule, but also... It's so hard to say this, but there wasn't space in my heart, Mm. which is really weird. Well, it's not weird because creative pursuits, particularly something that requires all of you like acting, Mm. you can't phone it in. You just can't. And I was. You've got to fully show up, head, heart, spirit, everything aligned and give it everything you have. That's just the kind of job it is. I think the turning point was when I auditioned for something And then my mum said to me, if you got this job, do you actually even want it? Hmm. And, you know, I was just on that audition hamster wheel, almost like autopilot, where it was like an audition comes in, 
I learn the lines, I go and put a self-tape down, I bash it out, and then I go back to my life. I don't even give it any thought. Yeah, and that's a classic self-preservation technique of actors, isn't it? It is, but the difference was when I used to get an audition, I had this excitement. Mm, The possibility. Oh, and I'd be like, oh my God, I could totally see myself in this role. And I would visualize it and then I would throw everything into it. So for example, this is a really random example, but recently I had an audition for NCIS Hawaii. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And it would have meant moving to Hawaii for six months of the year. And I had this conversation with Hubs and he was like, oh yeah, that's a job that I could get behind. Because he could surf. Exactly. (laughs) And... Ordinarily, old Jem would be on YouTube researching NCIS shows and I'd probably go out shopping and maybe buy an outfit that suits the vibe of a detective. And this role had my name on it. Like, she was a young mum. She was a detective. She mixed was race, I'm sure. Mixed race. She yeah. was type A. Like, on paper, this is the role for me to get. Yeah. And I did none of that prep. I just did the bare minimum, which was learn the lines, bust it out, the end. Yeah. And that's not me. And it didn't make me feel good because I am not someone who half bakes anything. No. I'm all in or I'm all out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's no in between. And my agent started to notice that I was withdrawing from even emails Little things like he'd be like, hey, Jam, it's time to get new headshots. We need an update. Here are some photographers we recommend for headshots, blah, 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 blah. And I would take like a week to reply. And mm. I'd be like, yep, yep, I'll get onto it. And then two weeks would go by and he'd be like, have you booked in your headshot? You know what I mean? Yeah, and then he was chasing you. He was chasing me. and Never a good feeling. No. And it's not fair for him yeah. either. Like he's been my agent since I was 21 years old. He knows that yeah. something's up. And he's running a business, which you appreciate. Yeah. And respect. Yeah. So met up with my agent, had a coffee just to have a chat. He wanted to check in and see where I was at. Mm-hmm. But as I was driving to that appointment, I knew the conversation I needed to have. And that was to be really honest, not with just him, Mm. but with myself. Yeah. To say, I don't know if this is for me anymore. I don't know. It's so weird to even talk about it because it's been my life. Like I'm 35. Yeah. And I've been auditioning since I was 21 round the clock, other than being pregnant and having babies. So my identity is wrapped up in this. And it's funny because Mm. it's a side of me that I don't really share on social media. Yeah. But it goes on. Every single week or fortnight, I prep for an audition. Now, if you were in therapy, yeah, here we go. <laughs> your therapist may bring up the whole concept of your identity being wrapped up in your profession mm-hmm. as a dangerous place for it to be wrapped up. Yeah. I don't know. I always think about these things. This might seem really lofty, but in these times of crisis, particularly when it's professional crisis, because no one's dying, everything's okay. Like it's huge. It's an identity thing, but zoom out. It's your funeral. No one's like, oh, she never got that job on NCIS Hawaii. That's not your identity. No, it's not. At your funeral, there's going to be eulogies about what a beautiful mother you were, what a fun friend you were, about how you helped this person, about this was your top quality. It's never going to be, oh, she didn't stay on Neighbours another year. Mm. You know, it's Mm. just never, that's just so not who you are. No. It's what you do. uh, Absolutely. 
But just the process of auditioning, it's habit-forming behavior that the thought of taking that away, like it's this weird thing, right? Where the opportunity's there, but I don't really want it. But then oh, well, don't take the opportunity away completely. And I realise that it really is that thing as an actor. It's that carrot dangling of like a potentially life-changing job. It's like I'm I'm running off the fumes of that. But then it started to become an inconvenience to me because, as you know, I got my whole work scheduled for 2021 all laid out in front of me and ready to go. But it's so hard to let go. Like it's... because I've given my whole life to this. It's all you've ever wanted, yeah. It's all I've ever wanted. Well, it was all, it was all you ever wanted. You're, can we not evolve? <laughs> Sorry to bring yeah. it back to that callback. But like, I think with any passionate career ambitions, and not everyone has them. It's mm. a, it's, it's, it's a unique to some people thing. But, you know, I, I totally identify with this. When you passionately yearn for and want something that is determined on other people choosing you, yeah. which is a very creative job thing. But, you know, I think it could apply across a lot of professions. When you throw yourself into that and you go down a path for a really long time and you have tunnel vision and you're focused on it and everything in your life is working towards this professional goal. And then you have that thing where, oh, do I really want this? Like you have to stop and analyze it again. It's okay and it's not a failure to have evolved beyond that desire. Mm. But it's it's something you have to grapple with. Mm. But like you can change what you want. And I think with creative jobs though, sometimes we put this extra layer because like, you know, if you were in real estate, and you'd been a real estate agent and you'd worked your whole life to be like a top real estate agent or whatever. And then you got to this point at 35 and you're like, I don't know if I want to be in real estate anymore. I think I want to be a midwife. No one would be like, oh, but you've worked so hard to, you know, like yeah. it's yeah. it's different because it's not that personal being chosen, like wrapped up in your identity, who you are, specialness. Mm. There's a specialness that comes with being an actor. That isn't in other professions. I guess it's weird because I'm now sitting in my first week of, hey, Gem, there's not going to be that email from your agent anymore with an opportunity. Yeah. How do you feel? Do you know what? When we had the conversation, I felt instant relief. Yeah. Like I was like, okay, cool. Like there's not going to be a spanner thrown in my weekly schedule that's going to force me to reshuffle because I need to squeeze in an audition. And it's funny because I said that to my agent and he was like, the fact that you're using the word squeeze in. Yeah. You're treating your auditions like something to be squeezed in Mm -hmm. when it shouldn't. Yeah. And I thought that's how I see it. Yeah. And that's not right. Yeah. So I did feel that instant relief. I feel a weird bit of grief. Yeah. Because it's I like get it. saying goodbye to an old friend. It's, yeah. Acting has been this weird companion. Yes, yeah. I talked about how it's also like an abusive boyfriend yep. that's treated me like shit for yep. many years and has also made me feel amazing for many years. But yeah, it's. I'm ready though. Yeah. I'm definitely ready. And you haven't hung up your boots. You've put pause. Yes. You've got an out of office on. I have to give my (laughs) agent so much credit for this because I was feeling quite emotional about it all. And he said to me, you're not done with acting. You're just having a hiatus. Yeah. He said to me, Jem, I don't care if in two years time or in five years time, 
you call me mm-hmm. and you say, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm going to give it my all. He said, I don't want a half-baked version of you. Yeah. And that's what I'm getting. Yeah. He said, it's hard enough to get a job when you've got all cylinders firing and here you are firing on half a cylinder. He's yeah. like, you're not going to get work. And it, like, he's right. Like, I haven't got acting work in a while because that's just not, it's not what I'm manifesting. Like, yeah. sorry to use that. Totally. We were talking about focusing but I, on it. I really believe in manifestation. And he said, the door is always open for you. Mm, that's great. And that just was everything I needed to hear. Uh, you know, I said to him, so you'll answer my calls, <laughs> you know, in five years time. And he said, absolutely. He's like, we want you, yeah, but we don't want you like not this. Like this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, babe, it's really huge. Yeah. I feel a bit sad. Yeah. How has this week been? Have you found you've had more time? <laughs> No. <laughs> no. Okay. But more mental space? Yes. Yeah. There's Fantastic. a there's a lightness. I got to say as your bestie I'm really pleased about that. Aww. Because I think you something had to give. Yeah. And you didn't want to put like extra extra care in for the kids and stuff and I think it's smart. And it's always going to be there. Yeah. And also the the world is changing. It's not like you won't use those skills. Well, do you know what was interesting was I acknowledged to him that I miss auditioning in the room. Yeah. So one of the things we talked about in a previous episode is that back in the day when you had an audition, you would go to a casting agent. Yeah. And they would give you direction and feedback in the room and then you'd do really good work and then you'd leave. But because of COVID, every single casting agent is now doing self-tapes yeah. where the onus is on you. And mm-hmm. that was the other thing that was stressing me out. Was yeah, the all, production. <laughs> all of the work. Yeah. Like, no longer was it a matter of learn my lines, hair and makeup, drive to the audition, bash it out and come home. Now it was like, set up a space, find a reader, film it, edit it, Good upload lighting. it. Yeah, full production yeah. is the perfect word for it. And my agent said, my God, it's been a massive shift for us as well. Mm. Because us as agents are now having to make sure our actors are auditioning correctly. Yeah. We have to watch every single tape. Oh, God. Wow. Whereas before they used to send their actors and then they'd be like, how'd you go? And you'd be like, great. And they'd be like, cool. But now they're an intrinsic part of the process of their actors getting away. So my heart went out to him and his team because their workload has tripled while casting agents are now like, oh, I don't even need a space. You know, like their workload is... And production is far less as well. Yeah, all the things. Yeah, And and he said more than ever, there's more Aussie actors on home soil. There's less projects. So it's fiercely competitive. I'm going to go on a really big tangent here, but did you know that 90,000 Australians have returned home. Oh, right. In the last 12 months. Right, yeah. I know, I've gone rogue. So all those 90,000 people need, need places to live. to live. Yeah. And not only that, a lot of them have been on the US dollar. Yeah. They're cashed up and they're buying homes blind. Oh, my God. So because they're buying homes blind, they're hiring buying agents And buying agents are semi-incentivized to hike up the pricing. And so it's like buying agents against buying agents. And anyway, I just found that really interesting because I know everyone is feeling really overwhelmed about the cost of living in Australia and all that stuff. But I digress. (laughs) You just had to distract from your feeling, your big feelings. I know. This is what I do. I'm like, okay, we've been talking about me and my feelings for too long. I need to shift the focus to something else. Look, I think any kind of huge professional shift like this is like a breakup. It is. 
And there's heartbreak and grief and transition involved. And I'm really proud of you for making this move. And God, if like this pod you've shown us anything, you've no idea where the future is headed. Totally. Anything could happen at any minute to completely upend your life once again. Mm. You did the right thing for you and your family at this time in your life. Plus, you're a control freak like me. Takes one to know one. Mm. You can't sit around and wait. <laughs> no. You've been doing it for 14 years. Like... You know, there's an element of like, I'm taking control of my life, right? Hanji P, I do not miss being at the mercy of everyone else's decision to yeah. green light me having an acting opportunity. Please choose me. Yeah, I'm yeah. done with that. Yeah, I'm yeah. so done with that. In fact, it's exhausting. I, w- I would be the worst actor to employ now because <laughs> yeah. I just want my finger in every pie. Yeah. I'd be like, can we talk about this script? Yeah. Who's the director? <laughs> I just feel like this location, you know, I would have time full of opinions. Oh my God. Like nobody would have time for me. Yeah. But can I bestie gush for a second? Sure. Well, I just feel like I had a moment this week. So dear listeners, just to let you in on a bit of a process that's happening. So I'm doing a full rebrand of Gemma Peanut and I said to Revs, look, I really want to work with you on the rebrand. There's no one better, but... I'm aware of your time, all the things. Do you have the mental space to do this? Otherwise, I'll just hire someone else. And Revs was like... <laughs> As if I'd let you do that. I know. You were like, oh, excuse me. You suddenly got possessive. You're yeah, like, don't offend me. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you're a busy gal. Yeah. you got a lot of shit going on and I wanted to be respectful of your time. Anyway, we try to be professional with each other. Yep. I booked in a branding session with Revs, made it all official. We had a Zoom date and everything. It was all in the calendar. And we sat down and we didn't talk like friends for a minute. Like we weren't just talking shit for an hour. This was our meeting. And it was the first time I had experienced you in your professional zone. Really? And your genius zone. Because this is the thing, Rebs, when you and I have worked on projects together, it's always been this symbiosis of, ah, we're besties. And then let's chat a bit about the creative. And, you know, like the podcast is very organic. Yeah, yeah. Like very organic, (laughs) almost to a fault. But that's what we love about it. Yeah. But this was a real like, what are your goals? What do you want to achieve? How are we going to action it? It was fun. Well, I guess I was just sitting back watching you in awe, treating me how you would any other client (laughs) with such professionalism. And I don't know, I just felt like, oh God, I'm in good, capable hands. And I felt like I was working with the best. Thanks, honey. Dear listeners, one of the things I said to Revs, I don't know if this scared you or excited (laughs) you, but I said... I want the new website to be like nothing anyone has ever seen on the internet. I mean, that gives me such a professional boner. (laughs) Like, just set me a challenge. I'm all about it. Yeah. I'm all about it. I don't like little pedestrian, easy to achieve things. I like things that are really hard to pull off. So (laughs) so great because Rev said to me, like, do you have any references of websites that you're vibing? And I was like, no, because what I like, what I want, doesn't exist yeah. and what I want is a website that isn't a poor man's version of anything yeah yeah I want it to be its own new thing and it will be it's gonna be fresh it's gonna be gorgeous I'm so excited so fun you know what you should do if you're feeling blue this week what buy something oh <laughs> I don't know if 
you've noticed this, but I'm at a quite a good place with food at the moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what happened. And I, I, I'm kind of hesitant to talk about it because I don't have any tips or tricks or anything. I just feel like I've sort of migrated to a place in life where it's not my focus, which is awesome. And it's been quite freeing. However, I do think I have swapped out emotional eating for emotional shopping. Babe, <laughs> from a bestie perspective, <laughs> I, I mean... I feel like emotional buying is in your DNA and has been from day one. I love how you're arriving at it now. Like, (laughs) oh, shit. Yeah, I emotional buy. You've been emotional buying since we were like 14 years old. (laughs) I feel sad. I need to purchase something. (laughs) (laughs) It's so you. Oh, my God. I bought myself new bed sheets this week, Um, ones I cannot afford. (laughs) Oh, really? Were they, what, like MCM house or something? Oh, my God. (laughs) Fancy linen sheets. Just because I was feeling a bit sad. Yeah, but how good do fancy sheets make you feel? This is what I told myself. I won't be sad if I have the fancy sheets. Yes. (laughs) Do you know what? I reckon save your dollars in bedside tables. Save your dollars on dining chairs or stools. Spend your money on your bedding. I love how you always have to justify it. This is how your brain works versus mine. Mine's like, do I have $500 to drop on fancy sheets right now? No. Add to cart. <laughs> Whereas you're like, okay, I'll take that money that I was going to use on there. And you move it around like I do. financial Tetris. I do. <laughs> yeah. true. Whereas I just hit buy and deal with it later. <laughs> You're so responsible. And you're always like, if you're going to spend here, then maybe pull back there. (laughs) It's so true. It's so true. But somehow we both end up with all the things. (laughs) My poor husband has to deal with what I call like alcohol tax Uh, because he's a drinker and I'm not. So I'm like, no, I'm allowed that because I don't drink. Yeah. We'll call that the smug tax. (laughs) Yes. Fair call. He would agree with that. (laughs) The money I don't spend on wine. I'm going to spend on a terrazzo side table. Exactly. (laughs) Much more long lasting. Definitely much more long lasting. (laughs) You know how the new banking apps sort of show you a breakdown of your spending? Yes, it's so good. Run, like run and hide. I flung my phone across the room the other day because I have this new banking app and I opened it and it told me how much I spent on entertainment. (laughs) In inverted commas. In inverted commas, which is Dan Murphy's. Oh my god. Terrifying. No, I think it's fantastic. I think it holds people accountable. It keeps people in check. <sighs> stops people from getting into hectic debt. I am all for it. And Revs has fallen asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be held accountable by my alcohol consumption. That sounds very unfun. Oh, darling. Anyway. You and money. Hopeless. 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 No, I'm better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like I used to be. No, you're I've not. evolved. You are getting there. Oh, take you... that bit out. I'm not bad with money. <laughs> take it out. No, take it out. I'm I'm editing this week. It's staying in. I'm not bad with money anymore. Okay. I'm very capable. You are substandard. <laughs> <laughs> substandard. Okay, you're improving. Okay, you're improving. Slight dopamine hit there. Thank you, teacher. <laughs> you have come away since you had children. Tell me, I'm good. <laughs> Give me a score out of 10. You're such a firstborn. (laughs) Such a firstborn. (sighs) All right. I think we've dumped our feelings on the dear listeners enough for one week. We really have. Mm. All right. Give me your not spawny, girlfriend. Uh, You give me yours first. I always go first. Okay. 
So on my Instagram, I shared a video of Rafa using a boppet. Oh, yes. Vintage. Found it at Big W. Yep. It was $20. I was right. like, oh, my God, this is one of those things that I never had in life that saw the ads on TV and always wanted one. For the people who aren't game Nazis from the 80s, can you explain <laughs> what a boppet is? So a boppet is this little device where it's got three calls to action. Yeah. There's a boppet, a twist it, and a pull it. Yeah. And it's a coordination game. So there's music and it's like bop it and you got to bash this thing twist it you got to twist and pull anyway and then it goes all out of sequence and then it gets faster and faster and faster and it's very satisfying for anyone who internalizes competitiveness like me <laughs> I don't know anyone like that <laughs> so I was like oh I have to get this for Rafa aka I have to get this for myself you have to start breeding the next generation of game Nazis so you've got someone to play with when you've lost all your friends from being a game Nazi <laughs> and does she love it She is so into it. Oh, my God. She's you. She loved it. I mean, granted, her top score is seven. Okay. Don't (laughs) throw shade at your three-year-old for not smashing the game in one. Oh, my God. I can see your lack of pride. (laughs) The pride is draining out of your face. Can you watch her do it and not get involved? I can. I will say I commentate. I'm like, babe, you were too slow. (laughs) Step it up. I got all tiger mum on her ass. But it took her attention yeah, great. for 30 minutes. Oh, huge. Massive That's for Rafa. huge for a three-year-old. She absolutely loved it. Should I drop in the potty that I hit the top score of 100 on my third go? Sure. If that makes you happy, darling, tell the world. <laughs> I'm may- sure everyone really cares. It, ma- <laughs> it makes me so happy. But I, like, crushed the game in the first okay. hour of bringing it home. And what? I was like, still got it. Yeah, we're so proud of you. Do you know my <laughs> other favourite childhood game growing up? was a skipping rope that counts how many... What? (laughs) You've got a problem. What do you mean? (laughs) So competitive. But But with like parlor games. (laughs) I was going to say, I'm competitive in life with the most dumb, useless shit. Cannot exercise, but can dominate bop it. (laughs) You know what? I'll put that on my resume. (laughs) Okay, mine's a booze. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That was so pretend. I'm so full (laughs) of shit. You are full of shit. Oh, fantastic. Can't wait. Can't wait to hear all about it. I'll just lie down and have a little nap and let you uh, take this one solo, babe. Oh, my God. No, stay for the banter. Okay, I'll stay for the banter. <laughs> okay, so we all know my spirit animal is tequila. I've found the best one. Amazing. <laughs> Look, it was George Clooney's tequila. Okay. He's sold out now, so he's no longer involved. So you don't get a little piece of Clooney in each sip. But it is the best tequila because it's infused with agave. It's a little bit delicious and it's fragrant and it just makes the best margaritas. Or you can shot it. You have it with soda and lime, whatever you want. Anyway, it's also 75 bucks, which is pretty reasonable <gasps> for a bottle of tequila. How many shots do you get out a of A bottle of Patron's like 120 And that's like the top shelf gold standard My husband tequila. buys a lot of tequila. Because as you know, he's a hardcore Margie mater. <laughs> because as you know, he's a hardcore Margie maker. Yeah. <laughs> Try again. Because, <laughs> dear listeners, this is what happens. We have to say the same thing 75 times because we can't get it out. He's a hardcore Margie maker. <laughs> I don't know why I'm tripping up on that. We'll tell him to buy Kamingos. But I'm like, all right, what can I buy for 70 bucks? I'm doing the like competitive conversion. Yeah, yeah, competitive, yeah. You can just thank your lucky stars. He only has to buy it half the time because you're not drinking it. True. Kamingos Blanco. And you can get it at Liquorland for 75 It is such a pure, smooth, gorgeous tequila. I just feel like it's a lockdown vibe. 
You know, tequila is the only alcohol upper. I believe it. Yeah, you used to love a cheeky tiki. In I do. It's my only drink back in the day that I could really hit hard. Yeah, you used to just shot that tequila. I love buzzed gem on tequila. I miss her. <gasps> Babe. What? Oh my God, we have to share with the dear listeners that photo I found of us doing shots on our Val dinner night. Oh my God, it's yes. It's vintage gem. Yes. You have black, black, black hair. Almost blue black. It's so black. So much collagen in your face. I mean, so do I. Natural but- collagen. You know, now I just fake it. <laughs> so I feel I look the same. <laughs> you are just like plump and glowy. Yeah. And we're shotting, I think they're wet pussies. I don't know. Cocksucking cowgirls. It makes me want to dry reach. They were delicious. Why must shots be called dirty sex names? Cocksucking cowboy. Yeah. Reverse cowgirl. No, that's just a sex move. Sex on the beach. <laughs> Is that a shot? I'm out of practice. <laughs> Reverse cowgirl. What would be in that shot? I don't know. Tequila would, that's for sure. <laughs> Do you know what I just remembered? Malibu pineapple. That yeah. was my go-to for a while because it disguised the taste of alcohol, but right now it just makes me want to throw up a sugary tropical party right in my bed. Well, it always did taste bad coming back up the other way. Ooh. You used to just shot tequila. I used to smash the uh, vodka cranberries. That's good. Oh, it's such a hard uni vibe. It would like sort out your UTI and get your pissed all at once. <laughs> Do you off to make yourself a Margie nightcap? Oh, I've come this far. I may as well just switch to the tea at this point. Aww. Who am I kidding? Of course I am. <laughs> I love you. Love you too. Cue the outro. One of these days we'll have an outro to our podcast. Good night. Good night. Sleep tight. Hope the bed bugs don't bite. (laughs)